Hi friends, it's your girl Harpo. Welcome to this episode of Brown Girl Guild titled, When You're the Cycle Breaker. So what is a cycle breaker? A cycle breaker is someone who is actively breaking generations of trauma and hurt. Someone who is linked to some sort of karmic pattern or karmic cycle and is actively breaking and releasing that karma and learning karmic lessons at the same time. The cycle breaker is sort of where the cycle stops. You know, it's where the trauma and the hurt is not necessarily passed on. It's sort of like in my mind, I think of it like as alchemy. So, you know, alchemy is taking material and then sort of alchemizing it and then turning it some, into something else. And that's sort of how I see the role of the cycle breaker as well, where they're taking all this like generations of like hurt and trauma and karma, and they're sort of alchemizing it in their timeline, in their lifetime, so that it doesn't get passed on to the generations that come after them. It's sort of like where a shift in the lineage happens. I also picture it as a stop sign, you know, like a dead end. And, you know, a lot of times the cycles can be relationship patterns, toxic behaviors, addictions, anything that has been passed down from generation to generation. Now, the cycle breaker, sometimes I feel like it's just something that's a part of your journey. You know, it's it's a part of your destiny. It's sort of like you were born with this responsibility to be the cycle breaker. And when you're the cycle breaker, you can have this like inner knowing. It can be this like deep connection to yourself and to the cycle as well. It's sort of like something just clicks for you. You know, you just somewhere along the way, God knows when it happens, but something clicks for you and you're you're acutely aware of the cycle that you're within and that your family and your lineage is also in. And in a family, the cycle breaker can be someone who, you know, moves out, goes away for school, um, doesn't marry, like does something that's different, um, doesn't have kids, or, you know, honestly, someone who goes to therapy, like the first person who goes to therapy in a lineage could be the person who's a cycle breaker. And I mean, quite frankly, in, in all sort of like in a way to like fully conceptualize a cycle breaker, it's the person that starts the healing in the family right? It's, it's somebody who sort of looks around and says, enough is enough. I think we need to heal. I think we need to release. And I'm going to do it by sort of mapping it out on myself first. And, you know, like for an example, the cycle breaker is basically Prince Harry and like Meghan Markle, right? If you think about the way that, you know, the royal family for years has just done whatever the F they wanted to. And then all of a sudden Meghan Markle comes in and you know, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are the cycle breakers for the royal family. Now, being the cycle breaker is a very isolating experience, though. You know, to be the cycle breaker in your family, you're doing a lot. You're going through a lot. You're undoing a lot. You're unlearning a lot. You're learning a lot. So it's it's a lot of a lot, you know, and it can be a very, very isolating experience. Now, for me, I am a cycle breaker. If you haven't picked it up yet, you know, I have always been a cycle breaker, I think. Um, even as a kid, I was very curious. You know, I always grew up asking so many questions, questioning everything, really being disruptive um, and not disruptive in a loud way where, you know, I threw tantrums or anything like that, but like disruptive because I was asking questions about things that um, nobody was asking about before, right? It, it had never been questioned. Um, and, you know, I was, and I still am a disruptor, um, but I guess my disruption was vocal in very other ways, in different ways when I was growing up. And so I was always the one who did what wasn't allowed or what wasn't really normal. Um, you know, family members would, for example, call my parents to say that, 
they saw me at school on the street hanging out with boys, um, you know, and like uncles would talk shit behind my back and be like, oh, you know, Harpo drinks, like she orders wine at the dinner table and da da da, you know? And so I grew up being spoken about really poorly. Um, and even though I had a lot of love to give and I did have a lot of love in my life, I think there were so many people all the time that just didn't understand me, you know, they didn't understand my choices. They also didn't understand why my parents sort of, um, leaned into my choices as well. Um, and, you know, I was constantly ridiculed, constantly looked down at, constantly gossiped about for a lot of my choices, um, you know, and, you know, whether it was when I moved away to, for school or when I was drinking, you know, glasses of wine at dinner with my parents, a lot of the time, everyone was like, you know, like, we just don't get what this girl is always doing. We just don't understand what it is that she is trying to do, you know, because I guess like, even if I, even if I wasn't being disruptive with my voice, I was always being really disruptive with my actions and my choices. But when it came to my choices and when it came to this disruption that I was constantly taking a part in, I always knew that, you know, there's there's something, there's, there's a reason why I am the way that I am and something kept me going, right? Something really constantly kept pushing me. I never knew what it was until I had this like really profound realization about breaking cycles. That's what I understood. Okay, so all these years of being a disruptor, asking questions, doing whatever it was that I wanted to do, it's all linked to something a lot larger. Now, I want to speak to the isolation a little bit more, right? This feeling of being misunderstood and constantly challenging and resisting everything that was happening around me, challenging the norms, challenging, you know, what was expected of me. I felt like I was always fighting, you know, and I felt like I was always living my life in defense mode. I think like me living and breathing the way that I was, was in and of itself resistance. And so when you spend so much of your life, um, you know, like feeling like your, your identity and your personality and your choices and your opinions are like combative to everybody else's around you. It was always like an unsettling way to live for me. You know, um, I felt like I was constantly on defense mode, constantly getting into arguments, having to like justify and sort of defend why I said what I said, why I wore what I wore or why I was going out that night. And it, and I mind you, it wasn't really, I think it was less like my actual parents and more so like my extended family, people around me who I felt like I was constantly bumping into resistance with so much so that I felt like, you know, I didn't really want to go to you know, events. I didn't want to be around certain people because I felt like I was constantly being challenged and to constantly be met with challenge and to be met with resistance again is a very unsettling experience because you don't really get to like put your armor down and like really lean into who you are, you know, and accept who you are. And what it did for me was bring out the infamous brown girl guilt. It definitely brought out so much brown girl, brown girl guilt inside of me because, you know, I was, I was going against the norms, right? Like I was very much doing things that were against the grain and were not status quo. And even though I knew that like what I wanted was valid, even though I knew that my existence and the way that I operate in the world is, you know, is, is who I am. It's authentic to who I am. I still always used to feel guilty for it. You know, I think that I was constantly met with inside resistance to inner resistance. As much as I was being met with resistance outside and around me, I was really met with resistance inside as well, because there is this voice inside my head that kept telling me, well, you know, the way that we feel all the time and, 
and you know how we feel challenged and we feel like we have to defend ourselves and we feel like we feel unsafe in certain environments is because of us right i think that voice in my head had me convinced that it wasn't the lack of understanding on other people's parts but it was something that was inherently flawed within me and so i experienced a lot of self doubt you know um there's an episode of brown girl guilt titled she talks too much and it's about my relationship with you know, taking up too much space. And so when this voice was sort of speaking to me, when I felt unsafe or felt challenged, or I felt resistance from people in my life for being different than them, automatically my mind would tell us we need to take up less space. We need to silence ourselves. We need to stop, you know, living our life as a revolution. Um, and now as an adult, obviously, I know that that is not okay. That is not something that I should be doing. I should be absolutely expressing myself in my full authenticity. But at that time, you know, whether I was like eight or nine or I was 14, 15, um, you know, that, that was something that I very much played into. And I constantly felt this brown girl guilt. And I felt immense shame from myself and from others for being who I was, you know? And then, you know, I think, but at the same time, again, like I had this, I had this deep knowing, I had this really deep connection with myself and the universe to know that I am who I am and I am the way that I am because it's tied to something greater. You know, I'm meant to be this. I am, my, my, my life and my existence is meant to be resistance. It's not meant to be quiet. It's not meant to fold in. And so even though I was experiencing all of that shame and guilt, there was still something that kept me going. So when I first realized I was a cycle breaker, I think what it did for me was again, provide like this, like aha moment and provide a lot of clarity around okay, that's why I've been feeling this way. And this is why I have been chosen to participate in this full expression of myself. And when I realized I was a cycle breaker, I actually ended up committing deeper to my healing and, you know, committing deeper and deeper to what it was that I was sort of exploring within myself. And I'm really grateful for it. You know, even though it has been incredibly isolating, being the cycle breaker is something that I'm still very, very grateful for. It's this like deeper knowing and then the seeing of why it's happening that I feel has really allowed me to create community, to become more sure of myself, to be able to hold space for other people and to also hold space for myself. And being the cycle breaker, again, is not necessarily an easy task, right? It's not an easy role to play. And even though, yes, I'm grateful for it, I think that even after I realized I was a cycle breaker, the hardship didn't go away and it still hasn't gone away, right? When you're the cycle breaker, there's a lot of like looking into your childhood and trying to understand, okay, what happened then? You know, what can I learn from that time period and how can I sort of implement it now into who I am and the person that I want to be? So looking into your childhood is not actually easy. It's actually not fun. It can be really hard and it can actually be re-traumatizing to go back into your childhood and sort of work on your childhood wounds. But being the cycle breaker requires you to look back into your childhood. And breaking cycles and like setting boundaries is actually not easy as well. You know, even though that there is, even though there's so much joy to be found and so much, you know, like such a deeper connection to yourself to be found in setting boundaries, it's still very hard. You know, it's still incredibly hard because what ends up happening is you end up losing a lot of people in your life, right? Like family members, extended family members, you know, in like loved ones in your life, even friends. Um, you end up losing a lot of people in your life because you're being called to set these like really stark, like, you know, 
really powerful boundaries in your life. And when you set those parameters around what you can and cannot accept and will and will not accept, a lot of people that you love and a lot of people that love you back end up falling outside of those parameters and they fall out of your life. And cutting people off, fighting people just for them to respect you, just to have them understand and hear what it is that you're saying can have like incredible consequences and repercussions. You know, there are people who have literally raised me, you know, literally used to feed me as I was a kid, used to bathe me, used to walk me to school, all these things that are not in my life anymore. You know, whether that's permanent or temporary, they're just not in my life at this moment. And that is because I know I'm a cycle breaker and I had to set those boundaries and I had to say the things that I did and I had to stand true in who I am because it's required for the healing to actually happen. And even though it hurts, I know I had to make that decision no matter how hard it was, no matter the consequence of it. The other part of being a cycle breaker for me that a lot of you might be able to really resonate with is experiencing the guilt for my parents. Um, You know, a lot of me having to break the cycles and a lot of like doing what I have done and being who I am, the choices, the decisions, asking the questions, and then this like, you know, sort of like revolutionary identity that I have has really called on my parents to also step it up a little bit. And so they've had to be a little bit more answerable. They've had to, um, you know, make hard decisions about cutting those people off in their life too, really putting their child first. And so I felt a lot of immense guilt for that too. You know, sometimes my parents have to stand up to their own siblings. Sometimes my parents have to stand up to their own parents um, or they have to stand up to extended family members, um, you know, just to be able to um, sort of like stand in solidarity with me. And so I've experienced a lot of, lot of immense guilt on that too, because, you know, I've, I just always think to myself, like life has been hard enough for them now that, now that they have to do this, it's making it even harder. You know, sometimes I wish that I was, you know, going back to that other point of like carrying a lot of shame around how much space I take up. I've wondered to myself, I like, I hope I, you know, I, I wish I was just a little bit less and then my parents wouldn't have to fight tooth and nail with other people in their life as well and have to make those hard decisions. And yet there's still an inner knowing, a deeper knowing that's like, well, yeah, maybe they needed to get rid of those people too. And they just couldn't do it. And so I helped facilitate that. Right. But, but the guilt has been immense, even in that situation, because I don't want my parents to have to fight tooth and nail with all these people that they love. And I think also holding space for the fact that, you know, a lot of the tools that are available for me, which is like therapy or self-reflection, inner child parenting, you know, like all this like healing work and all these healing modalities that I have, they might not have access to. And so they're still doing that sort of same work as me. And yet they don't have access to all the sort of healing modalities that I have have to be able to still hold myself with compassion after I've done all those hard things. And so even like teaching them those things is something that is so ingrained and so part of me as a cycle breaker. So that when, you know, even if I'm having a really busy day, but one of them asks me, what is meditation? I drop everything that I'm doing just to teach them what meditation is, to download apps on their phones, to, you know, meditation apps that can help them de-stress or sort of participate actively in their healing journey. But, you know, I'm going to end off by saying that 
being a cycle breaker is actually a very beautiful role as well. You know, even though it's very difficult, I think my favorite quote of all time is no rain, no flowers. And that's basically to say that without the gray, without the gloominess, without the rain, you can't have these beautiful flowers. You know, flowers need rain just as much as they need sunshine. And I think humans, we're like that too. People, we're like that too. We need to have those darker, lower moments in our life to be able to experience the joy that is the light, that is the sun, that is this, you know, deep feeling of connection and healing. And, you know, with being the cycle breaker does come this level of really deep healing comes this full embodiment of yourself, you know, this full expression of who you are and experiencing your human journey to the fullest you know, come being with, with being cycle breaker comes this realization and this understanding. And I really think this like overarching, like eagle eye view, right? Hawk's eye view, whether it's eagle or hawk, I don't know, but one of the two, um, but that, 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 that vision of being able to see everything as it unfolds in front of you, having that really strong third eye connection to the cycles and the lineage and the way that people act in your life has been probably the best part of being a cycle breaker for me. And I think the other part that inevitably comes eventually when you're the cycle breaker is true, pure love, you know, is pure joy. It is liberation. You know, it's like freeing yourself from the shackles of this previous gunk that had kept all your ancestors down and releasing yourself from the gunk that will not keep your lineage down, you know? And I think something that I've been really pondering over as I have come to accept being the cycle breaker more and more is this knowing, this beautiful knowing that I have full agency in the kind of ancestor I'm going to be, you know, that Yes, my lineage is going to be like, oh my God, my grandma was Harpo. She hosted this podcast with Brown Girl Guild. She used to make all these like stupid TikToks on the internet, but she was funny. You know, I I have like, I get, I have agency in that. I, I have chosen to be that ancestor for my great grandkids, you know, and their great grandkids. So being the cycle breaker, even though it's, you know, like a, sometimes like a really hard place to be in. It's also a very, very beautiful place to be in. And so to all the cycle breakers out there who are listening to this episode, or if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not a cycle breaker, but I know who is in my life, you can say this to them. But if you're the cycle breaker, I'm going to say this to you. You're not alone, right? You're not alone. I'm, I am a cycle breaker and that in and of itself means that you're not alone, but there's so many more of us out there. So we're not alone. I also want to say to you that you matter, right? We matter. Like, even though, you know, it can sometimes feel like, oh my God, I've taken on this like large undertaking and I have to do it for all my ancestors. I have to do it for my current family and have to take, do it for my lineage. No, you're also doing it for yourself. We are doing it for ourselves because we deserve to live the lives that you know, our soul has signed up for. So you matter, we matter. And I also want to say that you were chosen to fill this role, right? You and I, we were chosen to fill this role because there is something deeply special and unique about us, right? Yes, there's something special and unique about everybody. But when you're a cycle breaker, you've been sort of handed this responsibility because you have the strength to take it on, right? You've been prepared for a very long time to come into this lifetime to actually be this person. And so you can do this, even though sometimes I catch myself thinking, oh my God, I wish it would go, go all go away. I have to remind myself that if I ask for it to all go away, 
all of it goes away, right? That pure embodiment, that liberation, that love, that pure joy, all of it goes away. And I don't want that to go away. So if it's here at the cost of being a cycle breaker and going through all that BS, so be it, right? So you can do this. I can do this. We can all do this.